Okay, so we should probably talk about WWDC. Um, it sort of seemed like there was something in the keynote kind of for everybody this year. Mm-hmm. There was a hell of a lot that sort of went, in, went into it. Um, so what do you think kind of resonated the most for, for each of you? Wow. This was such a big year in, um, in a lot of uh, sometimes small but important ways, right? So I think drag and drop is probably the biggest one for me. I've spent about the last, uh, about the last 10 days like really diving into drag and drop. Yeah. And it's actually making... Um, there's a project that Heidi and I are working on that we've been actually working on for almost two years now. Um, but we're kind of waiting for the technology to kind of catch up in some ways. Mm-hmm. And uh, drag and drop is really making that possible, which is very exciting. Not just um, being able to drag like within an app, but being able to share data between apps, um, either your own apps or other developers apps. So it really opens up the ability for apps to kind of communicate with each other and have that, the onus of that communication kind of be on the, um, on the user. Um, but it works in like such a cool way. Cool. So drag and drop being quite a big deal for you guys there then. Mm-hmm. That's um, right. So um, I, I um, am not a developer. So um, the stuff that I heard from the keynote, um, like I have a slightly different reaction. Like I'm, I'm kind of excited like from a consumer point of view as well because like I like things like um, my messages now syncing to to iCloud and having them, you know, go between my phone and Mac. And I like things like, um, my goodness, so many, so many things from this keynote. Um, I like some of the changes for the iMessage for iMessage apps, I think they're going to be presented easier now. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, it might make a difference for stamp pack, but I don't know. Uh, I guess we'll have to wait <laughs> no, and I, see. I thought of you guys as they were demoing that. <laughs> Thanks. Because it, it, it makes it look way more accessible now. Because to me, iMessage apps have always been quite buried and difficult for regular users to find. I mean, obviously I know about them because I'm kind of into it, but a lot of the people I know don't even know they exist. Yeah, it was yeah. a real shame. I was disappointed because there's so much potential there. And um, there was really no effort on Apple's part to really educate the customers that, hey, here's the thing and here's how, to, and here's how you use it until yeah. very late in the process. I think maybe a month and a half ago, they finally had an ad about stickers. But many folks don't know how to install them, how to, um, once you... Um, buy them, how to how to use them, um, and even developers, even some developers who had made sticker packs didn't realize you could do things like a rotate a sticker once you put it on the uh, on the canvas. So um, I'm really hoping that the changes uh, make them more popular and more folks use them. I get the feeling that this is going to happen though, because now Apple has a vested interest in people using um, the iMessage app. With yeah. the introduction of Siri and being have Siri Siri payments between users, that's I think a pretty big thing for Apple. So I think it's important to them to have a way for 
users to be able to access that and know how it works. Yeah. 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 Sure. It's, it's going to be more important for it to sort of be a more natural place for people to be using apps as yeah. well. For sure. But no, I know how you feel, Heidi. It was a it was a big a big WWDC keynote, and I feel like there was a lot of a lot of small things that mm. I couldn't necessarily pick on immediately off the top of my head, but a, mm. a, sort of the the totals greater than the sum of the parts. That's kind of how I came away feeling. Yeah, I was um, excited there a, was lot. A, a lot. A <laughs> lot. There's a few design changes as well in iOS 11. Um, for instance, in the navigation bar, you can have bigger titles now um it's not always relevant to every app or every method of navigation but um like they suggest it for like content when you have a tab bar like having a big title at the top and as you scroll it actually minimizes to a smaller nav bar um but in some Mm -hmm. instances it's not recommended if it distracts from the content on the page. Um, they, they also, they like going bigger and bolder with a lot of things like um, uh, icons in the tab bar as well. They're now thicker. Um, like yeah. rather than having a one, one point stroke would be two point strokes and they might actually be filled already by default rather than being like outlined and I still need to have a, a look at iOS 11. Like I've seen stuff from the keynote and some of the design videos. Um, I'm I'm on the public beta, but I can't wait to try out iOS 11 when I get a chance. Um, so also other areas that used to um, be outlined are now filled, including like the lock screens, the circle buttons, like. Yeah. When you put in your uh your pin or whatever it's called. I can't remember all of a sudden. Um, so they used to be outlined and now they're gonna be solid. Um yeah, so a lot of you, a lot of the design is bigger and bolder. Do you think it's kind of almost a unflattening of flat design that's sort of gone on here a little bit? Maybe a little bit, yeah. Um I was I was like a really huge supporter of of flat design when it came out. Like, I guess I've I've always been into like whatever the trends are, and I was like really convinced. Like, when iOS seven came out, like this was the future. Like everything flat. Um, and like besides being flat, like everything was very fine, like thin strokes and like with the with like fonts and. Like, I had no problem with thin fonts. I thought they were beautiful. And, like, yeah. I'm like, I have perfect eyesight. I'm fine. But then, like, well, yeah. <laughs> as I and went along, it was like, really, um, more aware. It was really hurting my old man eyes. So I have um, iOS 11 on, I think, all of my devices. Now. Um, and it, it's a real comfort to finally have, like, um, like the chunkier feel to the UI and the fonts. I maybe will put off another year of having glasses. I really enjoy it. <laughs> yeah, it's a, a, I guess it's what we what we saw in Apple Music um, last year. Almost feels like that's been rolled out more at uh, an OS level. Mm-hmm. But I enjoy it more when Apple Music did. I was like, oh, this feels thick. But now in like in messages and voicemails and basically everywhere, everything the font is just 
I, I don't have to squint anymore, and it makes me happy. Mm, yeah, thumbs up for me too. Yeah. <laughs> so we should maybe talk um, a bit about the App Store, because obviously there's some big changes going on there. Yeah. I can say to me, it looks really interesting, and I'm I'm feeling quite positive about it. I just wanted to see what what your guys' take were was on it. So I was on a reaction panel for um, WWDC at AltConf, and my initial reaction to the App Store was, you're changing things again, because a lot of developers, like, we kind of get used to the way the store's working and try to work with it in the way that it's working. Um, I talked about this a little bit in the film. There was once upon a time when the top lists at Apple were just a scrolling vertical list, basically a table view, right? So... Within a couple swipes, you could see like the top 30 apps in the store. Because you're just like a screen full of maybe about 12 or so. You just swipe a couple times and you'd see like the top 30. And my app was in the upper half of that and it made for better sales. Then um, one summer, Apple made a change to the store and suddenly it was cards and it was uh, like a paging view. So you'd see one app per page and as you swipe three times, it's only three apps you see. So all of the traffic was driven to the top, and then slowly the other apps start to kind of like fade away. And this time they have a today view so that um, every day one app and one game is featured. And I was like, oh, I don't know. What if, what if uh, during your day of being featured, something else big happens in the world and all the attention is taken there? And then a few days later, people turn back over that time. Features done. Turns out, I take back all of that. Um, the store is actually really nice. Um, they do handle that because it goes about a week back, which is cool. So you can actually still scroll. It does one app and one game per day, um, but you can also kind of scroll through the list and see like the last few days. Separating games and apps also pretty neat. Um, games are a really big part of the app store, and sometimes it's kind of overwhelming when looking for an app because there's like all the games in the middle. You're looking for one thing, but you get a casino game. Um, another piece of that is SearchWorks, which is amazing. <laughs> and I believe they're using a little machine learning in doing this. This is my guess. Because when I first tried Search, it was a standard search. It did not work. Um, but during the week, I have some friends that released an app called Beacon. And um, I was chatting with them, and they were like, yeah, SearchWorks. So I checked it out, and sure enough, it works. So you can actually misspell beacon. I used an M. I did become, and it showed up as a second result. Awesome. Yeah, which was absolutely not the experience of the App Store ever before. There was, search was so hilariously broken that when Apple released Clips um, a few months ago, it was featured by Apple and Apple's product, but if you typed in Clips, you couldn't find it. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I think I remember that. I remember people passing the direct link to the App Store link around Twitter. Right, because you couldn't find Apple's own app in the store using search, which is just horrendously bad. Um, but now we have working search, and that is, that's good. I'm going to be paying that real close attention when yeah. it comes out to the general public. Yeah. It's one of my apps. Um, is a remote control for Kodi. So a common search phrase is <clears throat> Kodi remote. And uh, Kodak, who make cameras and equipment, their app appears above mine um, because I guess they've taken the K-O-D from the word Kodak 
and obviously Cody is spelled K-O-D-I, and that's just crazy to me. How is that? It's completely off topic, and no user wants to see that app if they're searching for for Cody Remote. But so I'm, I'm hoping we're going to get real big improvements there. And it sounds, if what you say is uh, is true, that sounds awesome. That's really cool. What is yours? What's the exact name of yours? It's called Armchair Remote. Okay. Um, and I've tried to get um, it's one of those like really long name apps because I tried to get Cody Remote in into the app title to help out a little bit. Um, but yeah, when I started seeing other apps that are completely unrelated coming above it, I was like, oh no. So I just looked in yours is number 12, putting in Cody Remote. But there's this new thing also. Did you see subtitles? You know how yes. currently we do like the name and then afterwards you have to say what, <laughs> what the app's about so people can hopefully find it? Um, yeah, they have subtitles now. So now you can have the main app uh, just be armchair and then the subtitle be... Um, XBMC and Code Remote, which is kind of cool. Yeah, that that would make the whole app store experience a lot neater as well, I think. Just yeah. for regular users. Obviously, it, it makes me happy as a developer, but yeah, that's got to be a good thing. Yeah, I think the whole store looks better for everyone. It's easier to rate things. And speaking of ratings, the thing that was um, talked about during uh, the talk show with John Gruber, uh, Phil Schiller was mentioning how they're changing the rating so that when, as a developer, you submit to the store, you can pick if the old ratings are kept around or not, which I think is fantastic. That'll be really cool. Mm. Because say you have a uh, an app that's like a four and a half star app with uh, a few thousand reviews. Right now, it's a little bit discouraging being an independent developer putting out a new version because currently it gets wiped to zero. So until the ratings kind of come back up, people look at your app a little questionably, like, mm, I don't know, no ratings yet, um, when you actually have tons of fantastic. On the other hand, if for some reason you release a 1.0 and scaling just does not work out for you and you crash and get a bunch of one-star reviews, um, if you fix those errors and um, kind of move on from there, you get to kind of get a, a fresh start, which is awful nice. And again, uh, a few people mentioned um, the potential for abuse in that and someone just kind of always um, wiping their old ratings for a crappy app. But I think it kind of self-corrects in that, again, when users look at the app and if most apps in your category have like a few hundred to a few thousand reviews and you have like two or five because you mm -hmm. don't have a real history, then it's going to reflect. So uh, I think it's a pretty fair and good system. Is, it, is there anything else you'd like to see introduced into the App Store beyond what we've already seen? Um, right now I'm not sure. I want to see what this store is like in the hands of consumers to really tell. But we've gotten like a lot of stuff over the last um like year and a half since Phil took over. Um, I think app trials without subscription might be cool, but uh, I don't know. Um, yeah, that's, that's the big one for me. I'm kind of leaning lately towards subscriptions. <laughs> As some of my apps are getting, uh, some of the older apps I did with the first company are getting a little bit older. Um, I'm starting to see that over time, it's really important to have like recurring revenue. So either paid subscriptions or um, paid upgrades have to have a way to keep money flowing in because uh, apps actually cost money to maintain. And after a while, you're actually losing money if you're not uh, if you don't have a way to bring in new revenue. Yeah. So, do you think that um, that the sort of future for 
all of your apps is really sort of looking into um, the direction of subscription models. Do you think that is kind of the, the sort of killer combo, if you like? For the things that we do, I think so. Um, subscription isn't perfect for every app. So small, uh, not really small, but certain utility apps, it really yeah. wouldn't make sense to have a subscription for. Um, although Microsoft's doing quite well making Excel a subscription, I don't know that like a spreadsheet type app is really uh, right for a subscription or um, like a calculator app or things like that. Unless you're uh, adding new features all the time, I don't know that that uh, works. But outside of that, then yeah, that's my favorite. Um, what is I do subscription? have. Is a subscription for all of Microsoft Office though? On for. Microsoft apps? Yeah, it, it is. They do they don't do them a la carte, I don't think. Uh Adobe has subscription also. That's kind of what told me that the writing was on the wall for a subscription is the future. When Microsoft and Adobe moved to subscription, um mm. that's kind of the way that things are, are gonna go. I think that paid up front software um is probably going to fade away as people get used to doing services for premium software. Yeah, and I think um, there was some sort of mention of um, like extended trial periods, I think, for subscriptions sort of with, with WWDC. Um, yeah, I haven't seen any sessions on that to see exactly what that, how that works. Um, but it'll, it'll be interesting. I know that before we did have files, if you had a subscription service, but I'm curious to know what the uh, what the changes are. I haven't seen that session yet. Yeah, I just spotted it on a on a word cloud slide that was on screen for maybe like a second because <laughs> they obviously had a lot to get through. Those, the those were fast this year, right? Like I yeah. missed a few of them. Like I had my phone primed and ready, and still, like man, missed it. <laughs> yeah, they just <laughs> didn't put those up for long. I mean, they're even running on and off the stage. That's how fast the the keynote was going. Yeah, it was um, mm. it was blazingly fast of lots of stuff <laughs> so are there any new particular technologies that or directions you'd like to be taking in the future uh, maybe ar vr more fitness or more specifically ipad apps now the ipads being you know pitched as more of a main computer of ios 11 is there is there anything that you think you might any direction you think you might you might take well for me two things the AR demo from Wingnut was, I think, the coolest thing I've ever seen before in my life. That was just <laughs> amazing. I was just, just blown away. And uh, it's coming up. They have no idea how good they have it. There's some cool stuff on the horizon. Um, while I like that a lot, um, I don't know how I would implement it, what I would do for it. I haven't really had any, any fantastic AR ideas. But I'm really interested in what other folks come up with. Um, I'm excited about it, but I don't know that I can personally do patient um, with it. Because you kind of think, it's a really interesting problem to solve because you're thinking, okay, we have reality. What is this reality missing that you've never yeah. thought of before? A virtual thing, not a physical thing that it's missing. Um, I'm sure that there are answers to that, but I'm not enough of a visionary to to really know but i look forward to seeing what people do with ar thing for me personally the ipad is 
in a way, my favorite device. Um, I'm not an iPad only person because I do develop apps and currently there's no way to do that just using an iPad. But I'm very excited for all the changes that are, are coming in iOS 11. Like I said, I have iOS 11 on my iPad now. Me and too. my usage of it has gone up like exponentially. Right? Yeah, I've, I've kind of rediscovered my iPads, my yeah. iPad mini recently. Yeah, it's, um, it's really cool. And in addition to that, I mentioned Heidi and I are working on a project. This project is actually, mm. it was my very first app idea. My very first app idea when Steve Jobs announced the iPad, and I was trying to debate, do I want an iPad or not? I had this idea for an app. I was like, well, if I had this app, then I might do it. I'm like, oh, you know what? Maybe I can start making apps. And then I started small, and now I've come, I've come around almost full circle um, to this project, which will be fantastic on the iPad. We're going to have it for the phone, too. It'll be great on the iPad, and particularly with the pencil. So I'm really looking forward to um, kind of diving in and being able to um, kind of play with some of the new things that are, are, uh, are on the iPad. Do you guys... Do you guys have or have you played with the uh, the new ones, the new iPads? Yes, I really, really want an iPad Pro. Um, it is the, the, uh, magic. <laughs> it's cool. <laughs> yeah, the uh, the ten and a half is is the one I'm eyeing up at the moment. Yeah, it's so fast. Have you played with the pencil with it? Yeah. Yeah, I was amazed. I'm like, wow. When they were on stage talking about promotion and the refresh rate. I kind of like zoned out a little bit. I'm like, all right, well, mm. I don't know that that really matters that much. Right? But apparently from 60 frames a second to 120 frames a second is, yeah, it's really dramatic when scrolling. Um, and I think it improves the, uh, the pencil as well, doesn't it? Yeah, so the pencil goes from 120 to 240. Like, wow. That is serious. Yeah, we put the pencil down, pencil's going to 240, and I tried just like writing. And writing feels amazing. It feels like having like a really nice pen flung on the paper where the ink just like just goes. It's it's really really cool. I didn't realize there was a problem before because I have a twelve point nine. Twelve point nine has a pencil. I felt like it was great. It was good until I used the new one. I used the new one and now I'm ruined. <laughs> and I'll be ordering one next week. Awesome. Yeah. So you've um, you've kind of hinted at your your super secret projects. And I'm guessing you don't really want to go into any specific detail just yet? Not just yet. We're probably a couple of weeks out from um, doing, like, small like alpha testing with select people. Yeah. But uh, you guys are invited if, if you want. You can, yeah, you can try it awesome. out. Um, but, yeah, I'm really excited about it. Um, been working a lot with the drag-and-drop framework. Those have been good. The UX is really good. And I think it's going to be um, super fantastic. I really cannot wait to debut it. My goal is to release um, for the launch of um, iOS 11 or within yep. a couple weeks of that. So right now, a rough goal, like September 19th. Um, so new phones should be out, new iOS out. But we'll see because I'm notoriously bad at missing launch dates. I, it's, it's rough. I think we can all relate to to a bit of that. Um, Absolutely. I, th I think there's something to watch out for there as well in terms of um, the news cycle is going to be really quite dense at that point. Yes. Um, That's why I picked the, um, the 19th because like, it's almost like the week after everything hits. Um, 
yeah unless i get like crazy we're able to get it out and we can get like crazy buzz during uh, the summer like before so that people anticipate it when the new device comes out then yeah. then we're looking at something otherwise yeah the news cycle is it's hard to it's hard to break through there kind of like a, a bit of a lull but i think about a week or two after um it's definitely a, a good time yeah just as everybody's sort of starting to explore just that little bit more and start looking for a, for new apps for the platform right right cool well i think that about just uh just about wraps us up so huge thanks from dave and i for coming on and uh shooting the breeze of us for an hour it's been this has been absolutely brilliant all right thank you so before we uh thanks for having us it's absolute pleasure so before we uh before we all run off where can our listeners find more about you and your work i'm at aishabaz on pretty much everything so i-s-h-a-b-a-z-z a lot of twitter um i'm on twitter far too often so uh, Twitter's the place <laughs> to find me, but I'm there on like Medium and Skype and everything. Cool. How about yeah. you, Heidi? Yeah, Twitter is also the best place to find me. So I'm Heidi underscore Helen. Um, so that's H E I D I underscore H E L E N. Um, yeah, I'm also on a couple of other platforms like Instagram. Um, same same username but mostly active on twitter cool all right guys thanks ever so much for coming on like i said this has been uh, it's been a real pleasure for both of us so uh thanks ever so much much appreciated thank you all right thanks a lot thanks a lot okay so that just about wraps it up for today if you've enjoyed the show we'd love it if you could give us a review on itunes or if you're an overcast user uh it'd be great if you could recommend us by hitting the star button um also we now have our very own slack channel that we'd love to invite you to our hope is is that we can offer a great place for fellow developers to come and meet each other and hang out um if you'd like to join there'll be instructions in the show notes or you can just reach out to us directly on twitter at wfr podcast so dave before we go where can people find you um you can find me on twitter at dw roboheads that's roboheads with a z um you can also find me at davewood.uk how about you dave uh, i'm on twitter at underscore dave not uh, you can find my remote control for cody at armchair-remote.com and you can find my latest app space readers which helps kids learn to read at spacereaders.com 